0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. One of the things that will help you tremendously in being a believer, and I've really gotten away from the word Christian. I know that's in the Bible. In Antioch, they first begin to call people Christians, which means Christ-like. I like the word believer. But you must understand something that the day you make the decision that the Bible is the Word of God, this is the Word of God, and you accept it on that level, this is the Word of God, is a day you're going to take a major step forward in your spiritual growth and development. Because if you really believe that you've got a copy of, quote, the Word of God, then you have to realize that that word is going to make more of an impact on your life than anything else. A couple of things I studied this week, kind of combined into one thought, and that was this. The Bible says he does all things after the counsel of his own will. The Bible says, I am God and I change not. So that doesn't mean he's like we are sometimes when we give our word and we change it, we change it back, we change it back again. Once his word comes out of his mouth, it is established. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is established in heaven. Amen? So you've got to realize after the counsel of his own will, that means he knows what he's doing. He doesn't ever just speak, you know, off the cuff, so to speak, or, or, or because of some situation or circumstance. And I know there are things in the Old Covenant where, where it looks like God changed his mind or did this or did that. But in reality, God, when he speaks something, he does not go back on what he says. And we are living in a day and an hour in which we must understand the word of God must be adhered to. Uh, like they used to say in the, in the days in which, uh, oh, you know, the proper King James English was being used. Now, you've got to adhere to every jot and tittle of the word. You've got to receive it as the word of God. You've got to stand up upon it. You've got to make a decision. This is the highest word of authority in my life. How many amens on that one? It's higher than my own word, my own thoughts, my own opinions, higher than governmental, higher than social, higher than medical, higher than any other word in my life. The word of God takes preeminence. We say it like this in 2021. You put the word first place. Amen. Now, I DON'T WANT ANYBODY, AND I'M GONNA EMPHASIZE THIS A LITTLE MORE AS WE CONTINUE, BECAUSE I FEEL PRESSED IN THE SPIRIT ABOUT IT. SOMETHING THE LORD PRESSED INTO MY SPIRIT ABOUT A YEAR AGO, MAYBE A YEAR AND A COUPLE OF MONTHS AGO, uh, IT WAS ACTUALLY CHRISTMAS OF uh, 2019, JESUS IS COMING BACK. I'M GONNA TRY THAT AGAIN. JESUS IS COMING BACK. NOW, JESUS COMING BACK is an event that's going to take take place seven years after another event called the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is not mentioned in the Gospels. The rapture of the church is mentioned in the letters to the church. The rapture of the church has no signs. The coming of the Lord Jesus is loaded with signs. So we have to understand that all of the signs we're seeing today is a sign or are signs of how close Jesus coming back is, which means how close must the rapture of the church be? Whoa. Now, you've got to let that settle into your spirit or settle into your heart. Now, when I was... A child, I was born again at age 6, baptized with the Holy Ghost at age 7, lived for the Lord, went to kids camp. I was a CA, a Christ ambassador in the assembly of God. That's kind of the youth group of the assembly. When I got away from God, now listen to me very closely. When I got away from God without any teaching, without any understanding of it, I knew I would not go up in the rapture. I also knew I was saved. Now let me say that again. I knew I was saved, but I knew if Jesus came back while I'm doing these drugs, while I'm playing these games, while I'm, do- I'm not going. I knew it like I knew my name. It was a constant haunting in my heart and my life till over three decades ago when I got right with God. I knew if Jesus was coming back, I'd go up in the rapture. I still know that today. Now, We must understand, church, and I'm saying this for your own preservation. The rapture of the church is not a covenant right given to believers. A lot of people have a real problem with that. But I'm going to tell you, you study the Word of God. If if you need to, we'll, we'll get into some scripture there and show you exactly what it's actually. We've already done that and taught on that about how Jesus will rapture those who are engaged and active in this day and hour in the local church because he's coming to rapture the church, which is the force that withholds the antichrist system from coming upon the earth. Amen? So we are going to have to, number one, be really on guard on how we're serving God And recognize and realize the most important thing that's going on in our life right now is not our marriage, is not our business, is not our job where we own money or earn money. It's not some hobby we do. The most important preeminent thing in our life right now is how we are serving God. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, we are living in the day of the great apostasy. I was on the phone with uh, Christopher Allen this afternoon for quite a while we talked for quite a while and he was he was talking about the different doors that are opening and things that they 're trying to do, but then he was talking about how. All of these pastors he knows, and all of these churches, and he kept referring to Island Church. He says, "Well, you know, y'all are different. Y'all do you guys pray, and you guys know you guys know things about the Holy Ghost that these other guys don't. And these other guys are all caught up in the political drama, in the medical drama. They're all caught up in that, and because of that, many of them are just getting off, and their churches are emptying out. And all they want to do is just sit in front of a in front of a a, a camera and do virtual church." Well, that's not going to work. Jesus didn't say He's coming back for a virtual church. He said He's coming back for a glorious church. Amen. Amen. Now, are you in? Are you in the book of Romans, chapter twelve? Now, I, I I was meditating on this and thinking about it, and and not last week, the week before, I started this little thought that I'm trying to transmit to you called "Wake Up" or "Awakening." Wake Up. Everybody say "Wake Up." Wake up. Now, here is. Not only what should wake us up, but how to wake up. Everybody say, how. how? Now, Romans chapter 1, excuse me, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, would be the scripture that if anybody gets saved, comes to the Lord, this would be the scripture I would say, this is the most important scripture you need to adhere to right here because this will start you on your journey of righteousness, your path of righteousness, your, your, your growing up spiritual spiritually, your spiritual maturity, this will start you on the pathway, this will start you on the road to it. And if you will follow and adhere to this scripture, because there's some things in this scripture and in this, and we'll join it with another one here in just a moment, that will help you not only to overcome all of the obstacles that are in the way of the believer moving forward, but it will also help you understand how God is urging you and wooing you to come closer and closer to him every day as we get closer and closer to the rapture of the church. The heart heart of of the bride is toward his groom. Excuse me, the heart of his groom is toward the bride, and the heart of the bride should be toward the groom. Remember how it was the ten days before you got married, uh, eight days before you got married, the three days before you got married, the day you got married. Remember how that, 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 that drawing, that pulling together, the anticipation is growing. And I'm telling you, if you're keen in the realm of the Spirit, you can feel that anticipation that is growing, that God wants to fully accomplish all that He desires to do in this day and hour. He wants to fully accomplish it, that He wants to take this church out of here and get this thing over with, so Jesus can come back to the earth and establish that thousand-year millennial reign. Yeah. Now let's read it. I've got all, I've got my translations here. I want to read it in. Make sure I've got them all here. Romans chapter 12 verse 1, King James Version We're going to read verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amplified. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service, rational, intelligent service, and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, to this age, fashioned and adopted after its, after its external superficial customs. But be ye transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas, its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God and the thing which is good, acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Powerful word. Verse uh, chapter twelve, verse one in the Passion Bible, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you, surrender yourselves to God, to God, uh, surrender yourselves to God, and to be uh, to be His sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideas, opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Now, let's let's understand this. Let's Let's draw from the word understanding. You must understand What God has laid in motion, he is God. He does all things after the counsel of his own will, and he changes not. This antichrist system is coming on strong every day, stronger and stronger. They're talking about uh, vaccine passports. Europe is fixing to have them in the nations of Europe. And without them, you will not be able to buy, sell, or travel. And this is what they're saying. They're saying, we will issue them, they will be part of your passport, but we know in just a few years, because of, because of counterfeiting and the ability of those to reproduce that the black market will just be inundated with false information, we will have to go to a computer chip. So it's here. So, so it's here. So understand by the scriptures, what is laid out for the believer. The believer lives for God with everything they have in the last days. They're part of the local church. They help the vision of their pastor. They live holy and righteous. they are men and women of the word. There are men and women of, the, of prayer. There are men and women of the supernatural. There are men and women that give. There are men and women that do, back, do, that do not back off what faith has produced, and they do not compromise the word of God in any way in their life. Those people, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, will disappear disappear off this planet. Boom, they'll be gone. You'll blink your eyes, they'll be gone. NASA says within two weeks, we will have the world back to normal. That's what they say. They've already run the scenario. They've done the computer, uh, what do they call it, Uh, the computer... algorithms, all that, and they have told the U.S. government, we as the National Aeronautics and Space Administration will have this nation at least right back to normal within two weeks. You're a believer, but you missed the rapture. Here's your option, to live upon the earth till you are caught as a believer. As a believer, you should denounce Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and as an act of worship to the Antichrist and his system, you will take the mark of the beast either on your hand or in your forehead. If you do not do that, they will execute you by chopping off your head and you will go to heaven. If you take the mark of the beast, you will go to hell and lose your salvation. It's not my opinion. It's not something I read in the book. It's right here in the Word of God. Go study the book of Revelations. It's right there in the middle of it. Amen? Amen. So we must understand that right now, church, now here's something we have to understand. Right now, the strongest pull of the world and the world system on you to conform is happening right now. There has never been a stronger pull For you to conform, conform, conform. Everything that they're acting out, everything that you're doing. Listen, I don't really care what they're saying about COVID. I don't care what they're saying about the election. I don't care what they're saying about vaccines. It's all a huge drama to get you to conform to a system that is not of this kingdom. Well, does that mean we shouldn't do it? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to get you to see something to see something and have understanding of it. Everything going on in the world today, now listen to me, it is a threat to your eternal security. It is a threat to your eternal security. You're just trying to scare us. No, I'm not. I'm trying to show you how to live a victorious life in the midst of all of this. Well, Pastor, that means you we, we take off our masks and we don't take a vaccine, or we do take a vaccine, or, or, or we go, or we go protest that they're like, no, we don't do any of that. Here's the problem that's happening in the church, and this is where the enemy is getting into the church and literally sowing seeds of division in order to get churches not to be effective in this day and hour. You say, What's he doing? He's trying to get you on one side or the other of the issue that's drawing you out of the kingdom. Vacciner, non vacciner. Mask, no mask. Election, no election. Or there's a myriad of other things that he's trying to pull you to one side or another. Neither one of those are your side. That's your problem. Neither one, if you, if you spend your time trying to defend it, trying to study it, trying to look at it, neither one of your, those are your, are your side. Your side is right here. Your side is the Word of God. And you cannot afford at this late hour to conform yourself to this world system. Now, I did some study. I looked at some, some definition. Conformed, or to conform or conform. To be in agreement or in harmony with, to come into unity with another's idea, wishes, or culture, to act in accordance with a prevailing custom or standard. Now listen, there are things that are prevailing customs and standards, but church, you have to understand, there is such a deterioration in the moral fabric of society right now. It's insanity. And we sit in our comfortable homes day after day, and we go to our secure jobs day after day, and we think nothing has ever changed. But I'm telling you, church, there has been so much change that has taken place in such a short time that that if the weight of it really hits you, you couldn't stand up. This nation is, is literally recoiling right now and literally being taken over Not by some other nation, but by some other kingdom. Now let me say this while we're talking about the nation. God's hand has been upon this nation since its creation because of one thing. It's because the men that created the nation and all that they did to create the documents of this nation, they were men that prayed and asked God's intervention while they did that. I've heard people get up and well, America well, America is God's nation. No, it's not. America is not God's nation. Israel is. Yes. Amen? Amen? America was something that was in the heart of men and women who were suppressed in their worship to God, so when they came and they found the new world and a place to establish a new nation, they could not do it on their own, so they asked God to help them. That's why God loves this nation, is because there are a people upon the earth that ask God to help them have a nation. And ever since the nation was formed, there has been a deterioration of that heart and that attitude to where we are today. Listen, there is nothing left. I listened to one of the highest officials of the land uh, the other day describe the culture of America as post Christian. Post Christian. Well, here's the deal, church. It doesn't matter what happens to America, you're in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so many people are trying and, and trying to, to save America, save America. You're not gonna save it. That's right. I was talking today. Well, I was talking with, with with Christopher. We were just throwing some ideas back and forth. And I said, you know, Christopher, I'm gonna tell you what's going on in this nation right now. We are receiving the wage. We're getting our paycheck. It's not the judgment of God. God's not judging America. It's the wage of sin. You let homosexuality go rampant. You let abortion go rampant. You let all of this kind of stuff go rampant. All the drugs, my God, they're up to 158 people a day are dying of of fentanyl and opium overdoses. It's incredible. You do the math on that, in a year, you got a major city that just disappears out of the nation because people are dying from drugs. The border, good. Not. I've got friends who are in law enforcement on the border. The border has been a wreck for six or seven years. They just think this just happened. No, there was literally a suppression of what was going on there for about two or three years when Trump was president, but now that thing has gone mad. And what do you think they're doing, bringing all these children across, all these young girls, all these young boys, giving them hotel rooms, and giving them these, these cartels that are training them for sex slavery and prostitution? That is going on in mass right now, and they say the cartels are making at the minimum $14 million a day just on the border. That's cash money. Well, that's just America. We could talk about all the other countries because we're not hearing anything from them because things are so radical over there. Uh, they're just the, the, the media is not the media anymore. They're just carrying the narrative of what's trying to take everything over. So confirmation. If you conform to that, you're going to be in agreement or in harmony. You're going to come into unity. But transformation, now listen, transformation means to change in composition and structure. To undergo, and I like this, this, to undergo a genetic change. When you got born again, let me tell you something. I don't know what the DNA of your human body was, but the DNA of your spirit was iniquitous and separated from God. But when you got born again, you got a brand new spiritual DNA. You became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You got right standing with God. You changed. Your spiritual gene changed, and you took on the nature of your creator, God Almighty. Amen? And I like this one. The Greek, actually, the Greek word for transform is the word metamorpho, or to change from the inside out. So you've got to understand there is a strong pull, a strong pull of confirmation, conform. And, and some, some people think, well, well, it's law. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to conform. You've got to obey the laws of the land. Don't try to listen. Don't try to use the Bible amen, to justify behavior that is outside the dimensions of the word of God because someone made a law. I mean, they were bold enough in Peter and John's day to say, hey, I'm going to tell you what, you you judge whether to do what you say or what God says, we're going to do what God says. And that's what's in the church today. And a lot of people can't drink from that cup. They just can't do it. They can't drink from that cup you got to look real hard. Find out where your courage is. Find out where your strength is. I like what it says in the Amplified. I think it's Amplified. It says, uh, let me find it here. Change ideas, new attitude. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after or adapted to its external or superficial customs, but be transformed and changed by the entire renewing of your mind. Now, Here's, we've gone over this so many times, but I'm going to come at it from another angle tonight. Your mind is where you're going to win or lose. That's, that's it. Spiritually, you've already, already won. Your spirit is a partaker of the divine nature. The Bible says the evil one can't do The only way you can wreck your spirit is to give it away yourself. Amen. To denounce Christ, give it back over to the devil. But now your mind... I'm going to tell you, and I've been meditating on this lately and I have have come to some conclusions that if we don't wake up to these conclusions, we're we're literally going to miss some great things that God wants to do. Your mind, whoever does the study on these things tell us that we don't use but 10 to 12 to 15% of our brain power, that there's so much more power in our brains than we're actually tapping into and using. How they measure that or how they know that, I don't know. They measure it somehow. But here's the thing. The devil knows that in the minds of men, everything is formed then implemented. Satan has no creative power. Do you understand that? There's no creative power. He was not created with creative power. When he became the devil and he fell, he had no creative power. But he knows that you do. You have creative power because you were made in the likeness and image of God. Amen. So he wants a confirmation to his system so that he can make you a benign human being upon this earth. You say, what do you mean by benign? Where you are totally ineffective as what God has created you to be. Amen? He said, well, I thought what God created us, to be, created us to be, I thought that fell in the garden. It did. Now we're redeemed. Now we're not created. We're new creations. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen? So he is doing everything he can do to do what? To pull into our minds the concepts, the ideas, the precepts of all of what his system is, and he is demanding. Now listen to me. Through the governments of our nations, which are quickly dissolving and becoming the governments of the world he is demanding submission to his system upon the earth he's demanding it this had nothing to do with, with a, you know some some billionaire nothing to do with some doctors this is satan this is the devil and he is demanding a... Co- he is using the, the the governments of the world. He's using the, the the governments of the of the nations of the world. He's using everything he can use to put his demand upon planet Earth. Now, let me just say something about the devil. It is not his design in any way to bless or help anyone. He wants to kill the whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. That's right. And this new concept, oh, this new... Build it back better. The great reason. Have you gone and studied that? The origins of it are the eugenicists. Do you know what a eugenicist is? They are the eugenicists of the world. And these are people that believe that the human population on the earth is a disease. Destroying the earth with its carbon footprint. And it needs to be eradicated from off. They don't care what color you are. They don't care what gender you are. It does not matter. They want you dead. And this thing did not come last year. This thing came 6,000 years ago and has been working on this planet for 6,000 years, gaining the wealth, gaining the power, gain, it had a big interruption 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, there was a big interruption when that guy walked out of that tomb. Yeah. Amen. That was a huge interruption. But it has regained its footing, and it is heading toward as much death. We are living, listen, we are living in a revival of death right now. It's happening all, uh, 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 when Christopher and I were talking Dave he was telling about all the different pastors he knows that have died of COVID, or they have cancer, or they have this, or they have that. And he says, every one of them are are men that just has kind of backed away, backed away from healing, backed away from all these, you know, uh, miracles, signs and wonders, gifts of the Spirit. Well, we just want to teach the Word. We don't want to stir anybody up. Not me, honey. I'm going to get right in the middle of it. I'm going to preach the Word, prophesy. If just two people come, I'm going to pray for both of them. Every time they come, I guarantee you, I'm not going to quit. off my assignment, what God's called me to do. I'm not going to conform to this world, and I'm not going to participate with a death cult. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, go, go if you will. How's my time? Oh my goodness. Go to, go to 2 Corinthians 10. Now this is, uh, we're coming at this at another angle, and I, I'll tell you, I begin to see some things this week, and it really helped me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, very familiar scripture, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself into the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Amplified, verse 3, for though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying out our warfare according to according to the flesh, by using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. In so much as we refute arguments, theories, reasonings, every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Woo, glory to God. Now listen to it, listen to it in the, listen to it in the passion. It says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that oppresses God and breaks through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose to complete obedience." woo, glory to God. Now, the word this week that kept jumping up is the word imagination, the word imagination. So I began to do studies of that word, both from the, from the standpoint of the word of God and from the standpoint of the different, different, different definitions that I could find. Now, the imagination of your mind. The Bible says casting down imaginations and every Thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Now, your spirit man on the inside has a yay and an amen to everything God says. Did you know that? Did you know there's no resistance in your spirit? Everything that God says, your spirit man will go yay and amen. So be it. I believe it. You say, how can my spirit do that? Because your spirit is part of that word. That's how your spirit is now designed. It has the the same spiritual DNA as the word of God. You say, no, wait a minute, Pastor. How can In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he was the what? the light of men, and when you said yes to Jesus and you became born again, literally the same DNA that is the Word, the Word is Christ, moved into your spirit, recreated your spirit, and you literally became born again or a new creature in Christ. greatest miracle anyone could ever receive. Now, when that happened, God knew. That man, that woman that just got born again still has the capacity to create in the negative because of their mind, words and imaginations. Now look at what's been given to us to stimulate imagination. I begin to look at pray about, then look at what are the, what are the major what are the major things? There's the News media, all that comes from the information. Now, I mean, everything from your nightly news report to news programs you may watch, uh, 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 things, investigative reports, all that kind of stuff. It's all, all of that. Then there's entertainment, everything that is entertainment, from, from music to, uh, uh, to movies to books, everything. And then we have a new one. We have a new one, not unique to previous generations that we have now. Anybody know what that is? Social media. And social media has become a monster, an absolute monster. Now, those three things are the conduit of the enemy in, he, in which he wants to stimulate your imagination. He wants to stimulate. How is he going to do it? By coming in through the information gates, the main two are what? Are your eyes and your ears, but there's also, he can also use feeling, emotion, that kind of thing. And what he wants access to now, he craves access to your imagination. He craves it. Now, the reason he craves access to your imagination is that you are made in the likeness and image of God. And out of God's imagination came creation. Are you with me? So he knows that your imagination is the womb of your soul. That is where reproduction is going to take place. You take your spirit man, you take imagination, you take the word of God, and you put it all together correctly, and you've got the soil of the heart. And the enemy wants to do what? And he, listen, he does not do this to sinners he does not have to. The world system is geared to constantly stimulate the imagination of the sinner. So, what does the devil get? He gets a constant reproduction of the sin that iniquity produces, a constant reproduction. We are living, I've said this for years, we are living at a time in which the maximum potential of iniquity and sin is being realized. They are doing things today that, as far as spiritual morality based upon the Word of God is concerned, they have so far gotten off. They're not even, they're not down in the ditch. Listen, they're three lanes over in some other highway going their own way. So he is what? He's going about as a roaring lion and he is seeking those whom he may devour. Because what he wants to do. Is he wants to plant by thought process and imagination? into your mind, or he wants to stimulate one that's already there, that draws you out of the kingdom of God and into his kingdom, that cools you down when it comes to spiritual things, that cools you down with the, from when it comes to the word of God, and empowers you to pull your submission from God, from his spirit, from his ability, and begin to submit to him. There's no middle ground. There's no fence in any of this. You say, well, pastor, I really don't want to either one. It does not matter not to do one is to to do the other. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And now we're living in a time in which the maximum potential of that is being realized. People's imaginations right now are running absolutely wild. And what is it producing? Some of the worst sin and iniquity we've ever seen. Drug addiction and overdose is off the charts. Suicide, do you know the numbers on suicide? Since they've locked down these communities and stopped these businesses, suicide is up almost 300%. It is an absolute phenomenon. People are in fear. People are in panic. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going to happen. And many times what will happen to us is we find a routine in life in the midst of it in which we're still able to go do our job, we're still able to go to the shop, we come to church a little bit, and we're still able to have some type of what we quote, 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 normal. That is the biggest deception right now that is in the church, that there is any kind of normal out there. And if there is no normal in the world, the church cannot remain normal and expect to be effective. We have to enter into a literal abnormal state as believers and literally as this world has become super sensitive to the imagination of the world flesh and the devil, we have to become super sensitive in the spirit realm and empowered by the word of God just to navigate through this craziness and be the people that God's called us to be. Amen. Now, a couple of things. How's my time? Oh, not bad. Keep patting myself on the back. <laughs> Definition of imagination Imagination is the act or power of creating a mental image. not presented to the senses or perceived in reality. It is connected to all, listen to this. This is not my definition. This is what I wrote. This is what I found. It is connected to all creative ability. Now think about that. Artists amaze me. Lee and I have collected art our whole marriage, and God has blessed us with some beautiful paintings. We have one hanging in our bedroom and we went into this man's home on the north shore of Hawaii named Stephen Powers. And uh, he was a man, we had some of his prints, and we wanted him to do an original painting for us. And so we kind of had an idea of what we wanted in our head. We could kind of see it in our head. So he sat us down, and he took a sketch pad. Remember that? He sat us down, and he took a sketch pad, and so we started telling him what we wanted, that what was in our imagination which we did not have the ability to take what was from our imagination and communicate it through our hands. See, that's what art is the ability to see something in your imagination and transmit it through your heads. We could talk about music. We could talk about all kinds of things when it comes to imagination. So we started telling him, Leah said, I want my waterfalls, and I want this, and I want that. And, and I told him, I want this right point break, and, and we want this little uh, Hawaiian hut. A, we don't want a grass hut top, We want one of those tin roofs like old Hawaii. We want a couple of surfboards on the porch. We want all these plumeries, We want all these flowers. We want a storm in the back, stormy clouds with the sun bursting up. A, we talk, and he's sitting there just going, remember? And when he finishes, he goes, how about that? And we're like, we'll, we'll just buy that. <laughs> we'll just buy the sketch. I mean, the sketch was so good. We were like, oh my goodness. But then about eight months later, we get this beautiful package in the mail, uh, framed with coal, and, he, and it's called Our Vision of Heaven was the name of it. Our vision of heaven. Because that's what we told everybody, is our vision of heaven. And so literally that's what hangs in our bedroom. Listen, that is creativity. That is the ability to assimilate something that you see in your what? In your imagination and do what? Transmit it through your hands to see the right colors, to make the right lines. Man, I can't hardly draw a straight line, much less (laughs) do that kind of stuff. And then there was another one that we used to go watch, a hotel that we used to stay in. And actually his, his, uh, his brother was more well-known on the island, uh, in the islands, and we, he came to one of our services and got saved. He and his wife got saved. But we went, he actually did a turtle for Breland, And so we stood there, and he just went, whoosh, 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 whoosh. and here's this beautiful turtle. We're like, how do you do that? Now, that shows you the imagination and how it works, how in the imagination, what does the imagination do? The imagination is the place where the idea ferments, where all the pieces come together. You know, um, you, you talk to people in business, and usually it's one imagination or one thought that got them into business, but other thoughts that you connect to that will keep them successful and expand a business. It comes where first? It comes into thoughts, bring it into the imagination. Amen? Amen. So it talks about, let me read that again. that's That's a good definition. The act and power of creating a mental image not present to the senses are perceived in reality, connected to creative ability. Satan knows that. So he wants to do what? He wants to access, first of all, access your imagination. Now here's something you need to get. If you can pray and live for God, and read your Bible, and come to church, and get on fire, you'll understand a whole lot about how Satan accesses your imagination. But I'm going to tell you, If you play around with the world and you play around with social media and entertainment and news and all that kind of stuff and you just inundate yourself, inundate yourself, inundate, 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 then it's going to be very hard for you to realize when that roaring lion is going around seeking a place to do what? Seeking a place for reproduction to stimulate a thought in your imagination and flip it over into your mind so he can begin the process of you growing something in your imagination then producing it in your life. I'm telling you, you think that ain't going on right now? It is going on in mass across this world. He is using fear. He is using intimidation. He is using manipulation. He is painting all kinds of crazy things. He is, I'm telling you, he is just, he's just, he's just wiping out. And listen, the common sense, the common sense of our world has been put on hold. You know, I wanted to get to, to the bottom of the mask thing. You know, they want everybody to wear these masks. And I was, I was at a place of business the other day, and I, I was up there, and I was paying, and I, I wear a bandana because I can breathe down through that, that bandana. I can't breathe in those masks. And so I'm standing at this place of business, and this guy's checking me out. If you're a guy, that's fine. That's I'm just I'm just giving you some information. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him, and you know, he's and he's, got, and he's going And, I, and I'm, saying, I'm going, huh, huh? And then I, then I noticed he had two of them on. He had two, two masks on, so I wanted to know not what Dr. Fauci says, not what Rush Limbaugh says. I want to know what does history and science say about a mask over your mouth. Does anybody know where masks came from? You might know. They started in the Civil War. In the Civil War, if you took a round, uh, you know, uh, 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 that's where a bullet got the name round because they were round back then. They were a musket. If you took a round in your leg or arm, it was 99% chance you were going to have it amputated. That's basically how they dealt with bullet wounds is they just cut off whatever it was that was above the bullet wound because most people within a day would have gangrene. So there's scientists and everybody were trying to study over and over and over again, why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Happened in, the, happened in the Revolutionary War, happened in the War of 1812, it's happening now. Every time we work on somebody, we try to clean it out, all this kind of stuff. So they surmise that the mouth of the physician or whoever's treating the person with a bullet hole in them is so filthy and so full of germs that if you breathe on a wound, you're going to get gangrene. Did you know that's not true, though? That's just what they thought. And so they kept studying it and studying it, and they figured out that's not true. What's true is that thing has to be cleaned. You have to learn how to clean a wound. A wound has to be scrubbed out. There has, the, 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 the tissue that's all torn apart has to be cut out. You cannot let that tissue in there. It's dead tissue. It will rot. That's where gangrene starts, in that rotting tissue. It uh, is not, does not come from the breath of the physician. Right Amen. Did you know that's where Listerine was invented? Most people don't know that. They developed the first, quote, liquid to clean a wound, and the company that we now know as the company that produces Listerine is the one that invented it, and when they learned how to take and clean those wounds out and cauterize those veins and pull that stuff in there and correctly bandage it, they quit doing amputations. World War I, they had like 80-something percent less amputations. World War II, it was down to only like 3% of those that were wounded in the extremities were actually amplified. You actually had to have just about your leg or your arm blown off. Amen? But now they think if you breathe on anybody, they're going to die. Now you laugh at that because you come to church and you know better, but that's what they think, church. That's what they think, if if anybody breathes on me. I mean, I've been in stores where people just in panic because somebody went, I was at Home Depot the other day and there was about a half a dozen people and they're not wearing masks. And you should have seen the reaction of other people. They would just move out of the way. (laughs) Now they want us wearing two. Now they want us wearing three. But everybody's getting vaccinated. Now see, see, the math doesn't even add up. Everyone's worn masks for years, everyone's being vaccinated, and we got the third wave coming. Yeah. Who created that? Man did. You take deceit, misinformation, and then a constant bombardment of that information into the minds of men. You say, well, wh- wh- well what's our alternative? We just, we just put a bag over our head and act like, no, no, no. You've got to make a decision to allow yourself to get more spiritual information and eat and digest that and allow your recreated spirit to stimulate your thought and plant in your imagination the dreams of God and that what he wants you to have and do. Amen. That's why a lot of people never see them. I could tell you, talk to you about how supernaturally this ministry is run. Things that we do that even other ministers say, how do y'all do that? How do you, how do you, how do you support missions the way you do? How do you how do you do this? How do you do that? And, and we've never, we've never had a had a large crowd of people. But the way we've done that is what? We have operated by faith. And in operating by faith, we've allowed the Word of God to be the what? The thought. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As my ways are higher than your ways, so my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So I as a pastor, I as a preacher, and I as a believer have continually throughout my spiritual life have allowed the Word of God to have the access I need to my imagination. I see people many times, you, can read, you, you stand in front of people as long as I have, and you can, read, you can read thoughts in people's faces. Many times I can say, thank you for our building, and you'll see these people looking at you like, that poor man. He's been saying that for six years. That poor man. And then it's, it's funny, you know, when people leave the church, then they really express what they believe. So you hear it, and it all comes back to me. I hear it all. Well, you know, he's tried to raise money for years, and he, he, just, he just hadn't been able to. You know, he's doing good till he got the land, and I don't know what happened then, you know. It just, I don't know, he probably got into sin or something, committed adultery, stole money from the church. Amen. Well, just hide and watch. You say, well, what if you don't build that building? I don't consider the what ifs. My, that's not in my imagination. That's, right. that's not in my imagination. Right. Yeah. You say, well, what if you don't? Here's what my imagination says. Then if I don't build that building, there'll be so, something so phenomenal happen in the move of God that's so outstanding and so off the charts, a building won't make any difference anyway. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. That's what's in my imagination. I really don't care one way or another. I'm going to stay on the straight and narrow. I'm going to stay on the Word of God. I'm going to pray on the Holy Ghost. And what grieves me as pastors many times when you watch people who they get a little fire in them and they draw a little close to God and you see them kind of come in and come to prayer a little bit and they next thing they just start dropping off and falling off. What is happening is the exposure to the culture. Let me say this and I'll close. The culture... What do you mean? There is a culture in this world. You have an individual culture of your ethnicity. We have have African culture. We have Hispanic culture. We have European culture. We have all this culture. You cannot live for God within the confines of any culture you were born into. You say, how can you say that? Because this book right here establishes a brand new culture for you. And it is not a black, it's not a white, it's not an African. It is a heavenly culture where you are a partaker of what? The divine nature and you live within the culture of the confines of the kingdom of God. And you cannot be African, you cannot be American. You have to be a new creature in Christ and live by the culture that the word of God produces. And any other culture that you're trying to live up to or be involved in, it'll destroy you. It'll destroy you. Because it goes against the grain of righteous culture. And righteous culture is the way you will live forever. You will not live like a Mexican forever. You will not live like an African forever. You will not live like a gringo forever. You will, not, you will live as a new creature in Christ Jesus forever. And that will be your culture. And heaven will be your home. Well, So many people right now, they're trying to save their culture. You can't forget your culture. Amen? So, conclusion for tonight, guard your thoughts. Why are you thinking the way you are thinking? Within the confines of those thoughts, the enemy is trying to access the womb of your creativity. And in accessing that, he will plant a seed that he wants you to create. And that's how he starts destruction in believers' lives. The same wonderful process of seed time and harvest he encroaches upon to put a negative seed into your heart in order to literally get you to create something in your life that will kill you. And if you do that, I tell you, it's one of the most miserable things to be involved in because then the only thing that can happen is after the destruction takes place you have to seek restoration and all of the time that you could be proceeding forward in the kingdom of God now you're having to be restored. So you're in part for Six months, a year, two years. Now, do we have six months? Do we have a year? Do we have two years? We don't have any time to be restoring each other or restoring, but we have time for harvest. We're getting ready for harvest. We're getting ready for all that God says would be a part. There's going to be a big falling away to do what? To make room for the harvest that God's going to bring in in the last of the last days. And we're going to have to be ready when it hits to do what? To get rid of everything in life that is a hindrance to harvest so that we can be involved in harvest. Amen? Amen. Amen. that help you tonight. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Thank you, Father, that forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Thank you, Father. As David said, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, let them be acceptable in thy sight, my strength and my redeemer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we use the authority of that name to block the access of the devil. Father, where we think we have to have the news or we have to have some social report or some medical report, thank you, it's the report of the Lord that will stimulate the thoughts of our mind and drop the seed into our imagination that will be watered by the Word of God. The good soil of our spirit man on the inside will bring the production of Christ into our life. Devil, you're a liar. We take authority over you in the name of Jesus and we exercise that same authority over others who can't. Not who want, but who can't. And we say in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of men and women. Get your hands off of families the religious mindset, the offenses, oh my God, the offenses, insanity, just insanity. The questions, the confusion, all of the things the enemy is trying right now, his maximum effort to distract us from the blessings of God and that which God desires for us to do and be. Thank you, Father. We will fulfill it in our day fulfill it in our day in Jesus name Lord as we leave tonight thank you for your protection and safety upon us we declare no evil befalls us no plague comes in our dwelling place angels have charge over us we thank you Lord God in all of our travels the highways airways seaways railways any other way of travel or transportation thank you Father we are safe and protected thank you in our, in our hearts in our minds in our imagination we see the angels of God stationed and encamped round about us thank you Father thank you Lord God that in the righteous labor of our hands thank you Father we're protected no evil plans of wicked men these poor men and I guess some women from time to time that get obsessed in their imagination Demon, demons get into their imagination and they going to these stores and these places where people congregated and just killing mass, We will never see that. That will never happen to anyone that comes to Island Church. We declare in the name of Jesus that demonic power has no access to us in any way in Jesus' name. We defy its ability to try in any way to terrorize us or raise up some terrible event. In Jesus' name. Father, let the fire of evangelism, let it burn now Let it burn now in our hearts. Let us be a witness, the witness, the evidence producer you've called us to be. Let us be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in the lives of men and women. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. Your mercy, your compassion, your awesome, awesome, awesome grace we are so thankful for. Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you for our church we walk in love one toward another. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of unity and the bond of peace. And Lord, as we leave tonight, as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, we declare here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. i